Today's Tanya for the second day of Cheshvan, base Cheshvan, is in Igeres HaKedosh on page 280. The number at the bottom of the page is 544. The Rebbe has, has explained at length and in detail how the, the Word of God comes down through the chain of worlds into this world, and in this world it comes down even to the level of unholiness where the Shin is and Golis within it and so on. But, the, but, but in the end result... Everything, including the klipa, including the unholiness, is activated, motivated, and enlivened by the presence of the Shekhinah. Second paragraph on the page, four lines, five lines from the bottom. And after these truths, that are revealed and known to all, these are not esoteric things, we return now to the original subject of anger, which the sages say is equal to idolatry. A person gets angry, it's equal to worshipping an idol. That, that is true of anger concerning worldly things. Because everything is in the hands of God, in the hands of heaven, except the fear of heaven. And therefore, concerning heavenly matters, to warn someone from wrongdoing and to prevent some wrongdoing, in other words, if a person gets angry in order to prevent someone from sinning, then this explanation or reason does not apply. The Amron, which we said before, that it's like worshipping an idol because you've lost sight of your faith in divine providence. So this doesn't apply when a person gets angry over, over heavenly matters in order to prevent a sin from being committed. And as it says, that Mesha was angry, enraged. And that's because God caused him to encounter the mitzvah of warning others from wrongdoing in order to make him more worthy and more deserving. So here the anger was an appropriate one and a, and a godly one. But the explanation given as to why anger is equal to idolatry applies only to anger over personal or physical matters. But this is true of the spiritual anger that it is, that it is a proper anger. And it is not like idolatry at all. This is true if by being angry one has the ability, or at least the potential, by, by expressing his anger at his friend, that he will actually prevent him from sinning. But where the person doesn't have the influence, and he will not be able to prevent the sin from being committed, as for example the non-Jew who, who intentionally is trying to distract a Jew from his davening so being angry at him is not going to prevent him from continuing in his sinful behavior 
imkain mazes asashem lei. So why then would God cause this to come His way? Why would a Jew be experiencing this? And what is he supposed to do about it? So, the, so here we can't say that it is similar to the case of Moshe, where Moshe was brought to anger because the, by being angry he prevented others from sinning, and that was to his credit. But here, by getting angry, you you won't accomplish anything. So why is this provocation being sent his way, and how is he supposed to respond to it? So we have to say that the only possible challenge and response that would be appropriate is to deepen his concentration and to be more immersed in his davening to such a degree that he doesn't hear at all the distractions of the non-Jew. Even though reaching this level ordinarily would take great concentration and great inspiration. So the proper advice in how a person is to arouse himself to this degree of concentration comes from the from the issue at hand by taking to heart and by contemplating the whole notion of the Shekhinah's descent it comes down through wondrous fashion and to wondrous degree to such a degree that the spark of godliness of of the Shechina is clothed within the Klippa in a condition of Golos within it in order to give life to the Klippa and in this particular case, the Shechina is in Golos in this individual non-Jew who is trying to make conversation in order to distract the person from serving God properly. And in this case, the serving of God is he, Kavana Satvilo, the concentration and the intention during davening, and as we said before, that everything in holiness has its opposite in unholiness. And that the divine speech is clothed in the human speech. And this is literally a case where man governs over man to do him harm, to bring him to evil, where the unholy is trying to overcome the holiness, so he turns it around, and the Adam that is governing, the Adam becomes the godly soul, governing the ungodly, unholiness, the evil, because he is aroused to daven with a greater kavana, from the depths of the heart, 
to the degree where he doesn't hear at all the distraction or the conversation of the of the non-Jew. So with this, the Alter Rebbe is explaining the statement in the Tzavos Harivosh that says that if a Jew is davening and a non-Jew comes along and wants to distract him, that the non-Jew, in his attempt to distract him from his davening, is expressing or is functioning on that spark of the Shekhinah that is present within this non-Jew. How is it present within the non-Jew? in that the, the divine word of God comes down even to the level of klipa, even to the level of unholiness, and there it is exiled within the unholiness in order to give it existence. And to that degree and in that sense, the Shekhinah is present even in this unholiness. O And the fact that in the Tzavos HaRivosh, which is a collection of statements not authored by the, by the Baal Shem Tov himself, but gathered from the teachings of the Baal Shem Tov and written down. So he, the one who gathered these statements and wrote them down, writes in this explanation, in the statement of the Baal Shem Tov, he uses the term Shosa, that the Shekhinah rests in this non-Jew, which is really not correct. So, So the one who gathered these statements was not careful and did not know the exact expression of the Baal Shem Tov. Ki ha Baal Shem Tov za'al hoya emet devetera beloshen idish v'loi beloshen ha-kodesh. Because the Baal Shem Tov gave his lessons in Yiddish and not in, not in, in Hebrew. So that the Malachi, the one who wrote down and gathered these statements, had to translate it from the Yiddish into the Hebrew and he was not careful in his translation. And what it should have said, instead of sharsa, which means to rest, is nislapsha, is, the word should have been clothed. Which means that the godliness of the shechina is present within the klipa, but not that it rests on the klipa, but that it is, that it is surrounded by the klipa and is an exile within it. And that's what it, what it now will understand why the statement goes on to say, and particularly if he is an idolater. Because we're talking about how the Shekhinah is not really resting on the Klippa, but rather is an exile within it. And therefore, if he is an idolater, then the exile is an even greater one. She'oz, because then he bebechinas golos beyeser, then the golos is a deeper one and a worse golos if he is an idolater. And one need not wonder whether this spark of the shechina should really be described as shechina because we find that even an angel which is a created being is sometimes called Hashem like in Parsha Vayeda according to the commentary of the Ramban so we see that 
that aspect of godliness as diminished as it is and as much as, an, as it is an exile within the unholiness still is referred to as godliness as Shechina and as we find written Vatikra Shem that she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her which, which is a reference to Hagar who was visited by an angel and then she refers to this angel as Hashem and we find many such passages so that if even an angel which is only a created being it is not the Shechina at all can be called by God's name so certainly the spark of the Shechina which is the actual Shechina even though it's in Golis and it's diminished certainly re- retains the title Shechina and is described as Shechina in the Hayyim Yayim for the second day of Cheshvan the Rebbe writes that from a Sicha of my father of the Rebbe Rashab after the uh, conclusion of Shabbos Lech Lecha in the year 1890 my father said that in the early years of his leadership the Alta Rebbe once stated publicly that one must live with the times from his brother Rabbi Yehuda Leib the older Hasidim discovered that what the Rebbe meant was that we have to live with the Sedra of the week and the particular Parsha of the day of that week. One should not only learn the weekly Parsha every day, but actually live with it. 